1: It started out pretty cool. Though. It started out great. We're actually we're in this coffee club. It's it's just and it's this random thing that just kind of started here it's, locally.
0: It's very cool. And uh, Basam, you're listening, so hello. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Basam's in it, and also Josh is in it. Josh is come, come to the coffee club and listens to the podcast. Yeah, I just want to give yeah, a hi, shout Josh. out to both those guys because we started talking about the show at this coffee club this morning, which is not the purpose of the coffee club. It's just a bunch of guys that sit around. And ironically, I don't drink coffee, so my wife keeps looking <laughs> I at me and go like. You're going to – what it's, are you going to drink at coffee club, honey? That's what she asked. It's less about asks. the yeah. coffee because there's is. other people who don't either. Totally. So, so it's it, more about the camaraderie. It's, it's, it's a great discussion. group. Yeah. So We talked about the show for a bit this morning, and it was interesting to hear those guys' perspective on the show because they know us. And yeah. then, by, by the way, we do this show.
0: Well, they know us and the, the stories that we've told. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the coffee club members have been with us on the pilgrimage trip. Sure, yeah, yeah. They know about the – not the struggles, I guess, but sort of the behind the scenes a well, little bit.
1: yes, but I would say to put it another way even, they know us, and by the way, the show is what we do. They, they don't know us because of the show. Right. And that's a different right. dynamic. And so it's interesting to hear other people's perspective on the show. And one of the comments that came out of it that you and I were kind of joking about, and I wanted to share it with all of you listening, because all of you listening now, this is the key thing for you. Mm-hmm. Paul and I are slowly coming to the conclusion that We were talking about marketing and promotion and just in, in business in general. And the guys that listen to the show and the guys that follow the show that know us made the comment. They were like, you guys listening right now, you're our promotional department. Yeah. You're our marketing team, Absolutely. I, I, which is kind of random because Paul and I, some of you have met, met us on meetups and stuff. We're not hiding anything. This is pretty much just who Paul and I are. Now, there is a less family-friendly version of what we do, <laughs> just so you know, and we do try hard to keep it family-friendly, but this is just who we are. So yeah. you know, you guys, if you're liking this podcast, thank you. You are. You're writing and you're giving reviews, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. If you would share it with a friend who's looking for a car or kind of likes cars or thinks they like cars... Let's all get in this together because you guys are making that matter.
0: Agreed. And there's actually a question that I want to address up front from Trenton T. Thank you for writing Trenton. He's asking us, what kind of question do we refuse to answer? Mm. And Drew actually caught this and said the answer was political, religious, crass stuff. Yes, you're right about that. Yeah, on the broad strokes
1: for sure, yeah. Put
0: put that aside, and it's less about that kind of stuff because it is divisive. And I'm going to quote Johnny Carson again. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was Johnny Carson that said this. And that was, why would I talk about politics and alienate half my audience? Mm. And he was the master. Mm. Everybody loved Johnny Carson. Yeah. And my fear is these days, every respect has gone away across the board for mm. discussion, for debate, whether it is religion or politics or whatever that is. I feel like the respect levels have gone down
1: so far that it's, it's gotten dangerous and... Unhealthy. Well, then you have to be extremely careful what you say in what environments. Yeah. And a lot of – and this is the reality of the 24-hour news cycle. I mean the 24-hour news cycle compared to the Walter Cronkite's of the world – I know I'm going major old school here. Well, we're addressing but, it for now. But, right. but that's the thing. Those, those worlds when, – when you're only doing 30 minutes worth of news, you don't need to add drama. You're doing 30 minutes. We can fill 30 minutes with a day's worth of news. you're doing 24-hour worth of news, you're going to have to do some padding, and that's going to be (laughs) just two people yelling at each other. So you and I try really hard, even though a lot of times we don't agree. We try really hard to be civil, and we try really hard to make the discussions we have here be an escape from all of you are hearing plenty of the noise about religion and politics or whatever, let's put it another way, whatever toxic thing you bump into. Which is a lot these
0: days. Which is all
1: of us. So as a result, we try to just be a respite from that. Absolutely. And that's, that's the reason that we avoid that stuff. You know, it privately, that gets discussed. It's not going to get discussed here. And those are the questions we're never going to answer.
0: And you say, you know, we try to be civil. It's easier than you make it out to be. Oh, true. Honestly, of course. It's absolutely. fun. No, absolutely. And we can learn from each other and we mm-hmm. can disagree and mm-hmm. still learn and have fun. And okay, yeah. Great. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to change your mind. You're going to change mine. Maybe you will. And, yeah. and I'm open to that, you know? So I, I think that's why Trenton, you asked, and there's plenty of those podcasts out there. Plenty of the news. Of, of as Of said, Absolutely. Yeah. All that stuff is out there. So this is, and funny enough, people have talked about to us about, it's less about that. We discuss cars and more about the fact that it is a respite and it is a,
1: just a getaway. I hope so. Which is great. And by so. the
0: way, we talk about the thing that we love. And cars what should be. What is wrong
1: with that? Yeah. And cars should be that kind of escape getaway. I mean, yeah. it's kind of your own little echo chamber. It's your own little kind of private area. So, I mean, this is the funny thing about L.A. versus – I've heard this L.A. versus New York discussion, which I find weird. Because on one level, people talk about it in New York. You feel like you're more part of the city because you're walking down the street. And in L.A., you don't because everybody commutes in their little metal bubbles. Mm-hmm. I get that. But on the other end of the spectrum, generally, I'm massive generalization, and now I, I'm probably going to get letters. But generally, <laughs> folks from Manhattan are harder edged than folks from L.A., which is the interesting contrast. Which is, yeah, crazy. But and generalization. Any, exactly. Broad but any, But anyway, all of this to say we want this podcast to be a place you just enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you just don't bump into something where you just, you just think, that makes me angry. Because we're talking cars and exactly, other stuff in exactly. life, you know? I would add to that, the, you know the book, The Seven
0: Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen sure, Covey. Sure, That stuff is real. It really is. I mean, the, the way you talk to people and interact with people and bringing out the best in people, and that's what I want out of this podcast. Well, sure. I want it to be a positive encouragement, and we mm. learn, and it is a bright spot in your life. That's what I want. Let's,
1: let's hope that this hour of your life doesn't go by and you think, wow, I'll never get that hour back. If we didn't do that well at all. Speaking of uh, things that are happening and things that are being taken from you, and in this case, given to you, we have a giveaway coming up. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. listening to this. Happy Tuesday, by the way. You're listening to this <laughs> yeah, on a Tuesday. No Happy Tuesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, if you follow calendars, we are going to do our first giveaway for this uh, TV season. It's going to be a, a Covercraft giveaway. We're going to post, for your guesses, on the mileage of the mini. It's not a million. Yet, it isn't. It Sadly. Isn't. It's not 200,000 either. I'm going to give you a range to guess. So look for that on social media. It'll be Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It'll be all three of those places. Here's how this is going to work. Once the picture that says, all right, start guessing, comes up when it gives you parameters, it'll be person that guesses the closest to the actual mileage when the photo was taken. The photo will be uh, blurred out. The mileage will be blurred out yeah. yeah. from the moment that photo was taken. What's the, the mileage in that photo? Now, also, spoiler alert... This same week, there is a Mini Cooper, first Mini Cooper long-term video coming out. That was shot weeks ago. <laughs> if you think you're going to be eagle-eyed and look at the mileage there and be like, I've got it, it's going to be wrong. So between nice. when this gets posted roughly midday Wednesday and when Paul posts for questions midday Thursday, that's your 24-hour period to guess the mileage. Closest person gets either a Covercraft sunshade or a Covercraft car cover, depending on what they like. You've got 24 hours. It'll be announced on the next podcast. Brace yourself.
0: <laughs> and speaking of TV, we are in the latter half of this season, season two. And again, thanks to our sponsors, mm. Covercraft, Grios Garage, and Auto Tempest. And if you use the code every day with either Covercraft or Griot's, yeah. Covercraft will give you free shipping. Grios Garage will give you 10% off your order. Which is really cool. Yeah. Very nice. And we couldn't have done it, honestly. I say that every time, but we really couldn't have done Absolutely. this. Absolutely. That's the key This thing. season two without sure. them. We're getting into season three shooting the driving season is right around the corner. We've yeah, got it press is. cars booked.
1: It is, it's uh, awesome, yeah. It's on. I'm getting really excited. We've got some really cool stuff lined up the next few weeks. It's going to be a lot of shooting but a lot of yeah, fun. But that's, that's what we do and what we love. So and we're glad to keep sharing. If you haven't seen these episodes yet, we'd love for you to watch them on Velocity. If you aren't, Vimeo coming soon on Amazon, and also eventually on their way to YouTube. So eventually, you can see all of this either way. Thanks for being with us right here on just the podcast audio version. Look at that. <laughs> well, we've got great debates. We usually
0: do. I, I'm, we try to have fun with them. Yeah. You no, know, there's good stories in here, but we've got Pete out in Kansas City. Pete, thank you so much for writing. Yeah. I've got relatives in Leewood, so uh, I I've been to Kansas City. I have relatives in that area too. I mean, you like barbecue. If you want barbecue. Yeah. I don't want to start the barbecue debate yep, though. See, yeah. There's that's North Carolina. That's the, Texas. The this is, this is City. practically fighting words. Who has the best
1: barbecue? You want to not get political. That's We need to walk away from that, too. Anyway.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, you know, we can all, always yeah. enjoy good food. Everybody's happy uh, at least, right? Go. All right. So we've got Pete. Uh, yeah, he's had a, a laundry list of cars. He's even had so many cars that he's bought cars back that he's owned. Like the actual cars. Yes car.
1: I sold this S2000. Oh, look, I bought this S2000 back. Not, this is Pete's not story.
0: one like it, the exact yeah, exactly. car. You're,
1: you're getting rid of it? I'll take it back. That's happened.
0: There's uh, there's some stumpitude going on with Pete. He's not sure what to do on mm-hmm. uh, a couple of cars he owns. One of them is a Lexus with a lot of miles. Also not a million mile Lexus. Yes. But we know they run. And then after the break, we've got Johnny out in Canesville, Maryland, just outside of Baltimore. Baltimore, he is a sob enthusiast yes. of anybody. And Johnny, honestly, I... Thank you for writing in because we wouldn't have known how many people are Saab enthusiasts as much as you. And he's only 21. He's yeah. had four Saabs.
1: But Three, yeah, but Saabs are one Three of those sobs. cars that once you decide you love them, you really love them. And now what do I buy? That That is a, that is a genuine problem. I'm glad we're covering <laughs> this as well. It's going to be a really cool debate. This will be really cool.
0: All right. Starting with Pete's debate here. Mm-hmm. As I said, he's out in Kansas City. He's a longtime car enthusiast in his early 30s, and he has owned 28 cars. That's almost like you started when he was 1. Yeah, and exactly. A car. That
1: make, that makes a lot more sense if you started when you what? were a toddler, but you didn't. So that's that's <laughs> a lot of buying okay, and selling. Okay, started
0: that. when he was 4 anyway. Lots of Nissan 300ZXs. Have you noticed this? I did
1: notice. Like there's there's, four a, of there's them? a nice trend there. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Civic Si including the, the very rare slick top and the slick top what that means uh-huh. is that is no T-tops in the yeah. uh, the 90s 300ZX. Those are not common. They are cool though.
0: Said he owned a '93 RX-7 with 11,000 miles on the motor, but he said every time I drove it, I thought it might explode. Interesting. It's a bad right. feeling. Yeah. Preludes four BMWs. Currently owns a 2013 FRS that he is heavily modified with a Cosworth supercharger, mm-hmm. suspension bits, bits and bobs, lots of bolt-ons, and that is the track car. Yeah. Lots of autocrossing and track, but he's got the uh, the supercharger on there, so this is more of the heavy-duty track stuff rather than. Just necessarily autocross right now.
1: Yeah, and it and it's it's definitely he has realized that he's gotten to that place where if he sells it he just loses money, but he's yeah. made it into a monster which he really loves.
0: Eighty three Corolla wagon. Who owns an eighty three Corolla wagon? Yeah, all They're right. Cool. Well, he has uh, yeah, there Acuras. Is. Man, lots of Hondas and Acuras. As well as this 2001 LS430 Lexus, which is the daily, Mm -hmm. 170,000-plus miles on this car. He said, this has taken me and my fiancé up to Pikes Peak, to the Grand Canyon, the Red Rocks of Sedona, Arizona, Minnesota down to Arkansas everywhere. Mm-hmm. This car has been around
1: clearly. What I think is fascinating about that car is when you hear when you read through the list of all these cars, and we're not going to because it's it's a whole paragraph <laughs> unto its own. Trying but, to paraphrase, but everything the list. else he he has driven or owned has been essentially analog rear wheel drive. Or front-wheel drive, but some sort of performance model, mm-hmm. yeah. analog, very very much an analog feel, and manual transmission. So into yeah. that world comes Lexus LS430. And you go, wait, what? Wait, what happened? <laughs> into the world? So that's, that's a, a real curveball. But what I find fascinating about it is with that car, he has learned the benefit of a luxury car that's automatic that just runs. Yeah, it's comfortable, long
0: distance. I mean, it's not the enthusiast car that we dream of. And he knows
1: that, but he's learned the benefits of having that other tool. Absolutely.
0: All right, so he gives us three scenarios. He's got a dilemma going on, and that is the itch. If you haven't guessed by now, Pete likes to buy new cars. Clearly, yeah. And uh, he's got this dilemma going on, and the first scenario is keep that FRS, Mm -hmm. because he's done so many things to it, and keep the Lexus. Yeah. And get something new. And that is because he loves the 86. It's a daily he likes with the Lexus, mm-hmm. but adds something in the $20,000 range. Mm-hmm. So I get the idea. 20000 ish is kind of where we're working right now. Certainly, yeah. Certainly he keeps both of them. That's well, well, yeah, we keeps are, yeah. both. He's been looking at 996 Porsche 911 C2s. Yes, I agree they're cheap nowadays. Cheap is a relative term. Yeah. Maybe another s two thousand. Uh, which I'm giggling at the thought That'd about that. would be the that. third time
1: that was in his driveway. Can you yeah. find – by the way, when you, if you were to buy a third one, can you buy that same <laughs> one say, again for the buy, third time? Yeah. I bought this car three times. You know when you read those stories about this couple's been married and divorced two or three times, I just think, so what, what happens? You just keep having explosive <laughs> fights that lead to lawyers? And then you're like, exactly. no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'll take you back. I just – I mean, look, marriage is hard and fights happen, but really? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> exactly.
0: All right, so he's looked at 987 Cayman, so first-gen Cayman S's. He loves the way they drive. He gets
1: less excited by how they look. I wondered if you'd uh, them, stop and come back. fighting and think, words. Uh, yeah, I wondered if you'd stop and right come back There, I, yeah. I
0: do. And he says, they're not exactly reliable. I had
1: zero problems. Yours was great. Your, your 07 was great. It really was. You drove it hard, and you had no issues.
0: Everything on the internet isn't true? Is that what you're telling me? Well, you know, be careful. Okay. All right, so he's assuming the 996 more the same, but not quite as good as far as driving experience. Uh, debatable. Cayman is brilliant. Just remember Cayman's mid-engine. Great. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: and also he said he's driven a friend's 997 uh, C2, and he thinks the 996 wow. might be quite that good. The 996 yeah. is excellent. The 99 the 997 is better. You're right. It just is, and I think the Cayman's better than both. We we're just talking sure. sheer driving dynamics. Yeah. It's better than both. But uh, you know, clearly, you're. It seems like you're interested, but not sold on the porsche idea i mm-hmm. didn't go there actually but i do think it's interesting i'm glad you've driven it at least for, for sure piece. for sure yeah. so that's good
0: and he says r32 gtr because they're legal the whole forbidden fruit thing and he, interestingly the caveat at the bottom ha- is uh no is c5 corvette z06s doesn't want mustangs one. gtos nissan 350s and 370s and the boxster
1: those are all out those are all in the please do not recommend this column
0: yeah all right so going
1: on to option
0: b is sell the frs so get rid of the frs that he's mm-hmm. put so much money into mm-hmm. and keep the lexus he's had a 1992 nsx and yes pete we don't need to pile on but what on earth
1: did why you did you sell, sell this it? yeah he's he's kicking himself for selling it because he got uh, he got it he got sold it for about 30 grand and now he's looking at him being sold for 50 and he's crying yeah so i i i'm sorry i that's that terrible thing though. I mean this is every car my father ever sold, you while by the you're way. Down. This is every car my father sold, by the way. I think when he sold his E-type, he sold it for like ten or twelve grand and like ten years later it was oh. his his beat down would have been worth thirty or sixty. It oh. was just, you know, just depending upon how much he'd cleaned it up that day. Anyway, madness.
0: All right. What else? He's, you know, not sure you can justify having the eighty six and the NSX in the garage i can justify that
1: todd can justify it too we're fine with that it justifies not the problem paying for is the issue justification exactly. is easy it's it's the wallet that's the issue exactly
0: he's so looking at evora's 997s mm-hmm. yeah looking at the 981 came in so the next gen came in after the the 987 yeah the one you have keeps coming back to the nsx all right so real quickly to the third option is that is keep the frs and get something new fun daily mm-hmm and i'm guessing that means keeping the Lexus I I
1: No, I, I think this one is that get r- it's get rid of the Lexus cuz he's saying that it is a 17 year old car with nearly nearly 200,000 miles. Okay. He's just going I suppose replacing that mean. does make some sense. Yeah. So that is yeah. out here as well. Yeah.
0: Okay. So he's looking at uh, yeah, Lexus ISF from 2011 mm-hmm. interestingly because yeah. four doors is the reality because of the twist 50 pounds border collie Yeah. he and his fiance are taking around Uh, All right. What else? Honda Civic Type R, interestingly. And he also says it'd be nice to have a car that his fiance can drive because she refuses to learn how to drive a manual despite his best efforts. Yeah. But he thinks she secretly knows how.
1: uh, What's the rest of that? He thinks she grabs a car at night when he's asleep and takes it around the (laughs) block for fun and then parks it and goes, I don't like manuals. I don't think that's going on, just so you know. I don't (laughs) think that's going on.
0: And he's saying the Lexus being, you know, the 94% of an E90 M3, mm-hmm. maybe. I'm thinking more like 86% or 72%. <laughs> you guys would be very specific.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. So uh, we've got our three options here, and I kind of know where I'm leaning. I, I, yeah, I've got some suggestions for you. I've got a random
1: thought, but... Mm. Where did you go here? I mean, well, I, I stayed with only one of these three scenarios, okay. and that is the let's replace the Lexus. And, okay. and here's why. In every one of these scenarios, he kind of breaks down the one fact: he loves this FRS. He really loves well, it, yeah, and what the, he's done to it. He loves so much money. He loves it, it even like more, certain. and he makes the comment in passing at one point when he when he when he starts crying about the fact justifiably crying about the fact that he doesn't have the NSX anymore. (laughs) Actually crying. He says says that the only car that's come close to a car he loved driving as much as the NSX is close behind it, the FRS, which I think is a revelatory statement that he likes it that much. He likes it almost as much as the car that got away. And he knows because of what he's put into it, he'll never get that out of it. So all of that says to me, that cars
0: (laughs) something you should never say to your wife. I like you almost as as good as the one that got away. Yeah,
1: wow. No, it's fine for cars. Fine for cars, bad for relations. We're going to make a list of that, and there's a long list. Anyway, terrible. Uh, Yeah, let's talk politics. Might as well. Then we'll debate religion. But I've got our date night planned. It's going to be awesome. This is is how to kill a first date, by the way. Anyway, yeah, moving on. Uh, So I think the FRS is fully succeeding for Pete in what he needs it to do. It's a a full success car. Mm -hmm. So my feeling is keep it. Because if you sell it, I'm worried about it being the one that got away as well. And now you're trying to find a car to, if it's not the NSX, you're trying to find a car that you will like as much as both of those, and you've sold them both. I think the 86 for now stays. But you've got this 170,000-mile Lexus that you've learned the benefits of. I want to replace that car with a similar car. Okay. I want to find you something Japanese- automatic, somewhat interesting to drive, better gas mileage, a little bit of a low bar there, but obviously <laughs> so, newer, so it's going to keep running. So it's going to be the daily that is more interesting daily, okay. that I think you as an enthusiast would like, but yet your fiance can drive it, yeah. and if you want to take a road trip across the world, do it. I have kind of a car here. Just one? I I, I have a car. I, I want to talk around it for a minute, but then I have one that really, All the right, minute I planted on it, I was like... That's the car. I mean, because you could, look, you could go Focus RS. I know that's a stick shift. You could go Focus RS because you brought up the Civic Type R and you've said, you know, you wish it was all-wheel drive and uh, you don't know if you like the looks or not. So I I have to ask, what about the Focus RS? Why is it not on this list? Sure. I have to ask that question. I mean,
0: part of it was the whole stick shift thing,
1: as you mentioned. Yes, agreed, agreed. But Type R in an automatic? Civic Type R and an automatic? That feels weird to me. Uh, I see your Lexus ISF. I think that's okay. It's interesting. The... Fusion Sport is a bit of an oddball in this world. I thought of that one. Okay. Because it's all-wheel drive. Are you
0: recommending, or are you just sort of
1: sniffing around it? It was like, that's intriguing, because I then landed on Mazda 6 with the upcoming turbo. Okay. I think that's your car, Pete, because the Mazda 6 is great to look at. It's nice dynamically. It's got plenty of room. It gets good gas mileage. It has a cavernous trunk. Mm. I think your fiancé will enjoy driving it. And by the way, have I mentioned that in turbo form it's going to have like 260 horsepower and over 300 pound-feet of torque. Hmm. I think we replace the Lexus with that because here's my second thought. Replace the Lexus with that car. You don't have to replace it this second. So wait for those 2018 Mazda 6s to show up. Get one of those. Okay. That car now just exists. Plan on that car for 5 to 10 years. You have the 86. You have that car now. Keep saving your money to go get that NSX again.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Because you,
1: you've solved the daily problem. I think you will improve yourself with, the, with this new choice. And then you just start hunkering down to get that NSX back.
0: That's very good. I do also wish upon you another NSX in your future, Pete. I Honestly, that car is brilliant. If you've never driven the first-gen NSX... Find a way to do that. It's, I, I won't call it life changing, well, but, but it's, it's up there. It's
1: twofold. It's a special car, like the S two thousand is a special car. It, it's, it's when Honda was killing it. Yeah. So it is a genuinely special car. But the secondary part of it is, it is very much for Pete. It is the one that got away, mm-hmm. and it's the car that he keeps that keeps being his litmus test to do I like it as much as. So I just go go Which is get one. Funny, yeah. Go get
0: one. The steering ratio on that NSX is a lot slower than modern cars. Quite slow, but it's still so much feedback, Mm -hmm. and everything is still so analog in that car. Absolutely, absolutely, it's really delightful. All right, so Pete, uh, I like your choices. I'm going to nitpick a little bit, though. Okay, please. I like that turbo NS or the turbo Mazda six. The problem I see is with twenty grand. I don't know that there's a, those are 20 grand and depreciation of a new car, even though I like it a lot.
1: Yeah, but I think we're replacing a utility thing for long term. Yes. That's my argument.
0: But then I cannot argue that because, of course, being me, I pushed on the price. So <laughs> of course I, you I did. I cannot use that as an argument. I will say if the new car thing is out, I'm giving you some used car options that have already Good. depreciated. Good, excellent. I'm with Todd. I'm not thrilled about that 2011 ISF. It's fine. I think you'll be fine with it for 11 minutes and then think, hmm. It's
1: a great engine in an okay chassis.
0: Yeah. So here's my recommendations. I do agree get rid of the Lexus. I'm taking option number three, door number three, get rid of the Lexus, but get another Lexus. Okay. That is a 2015 Lexus IS350 F-Sport okay, for $23,900 with 76,000 miles. There you go. Now, 76,000 miles ain't nothing, but it's a brand new car. I mean, it's it's
1: 100,000 less than his current Lexus. <laughs> well, true, yeah.
0: but a very modern brand new car. That yeah, means that yeah. car has just had sit on the freeway miles. It's been Pride. fine, Change yeah. the oil, and it's just going to run and run Probably, and run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like that car. Both Todd and I have noted how much fun that car is, and I think it, in its class and comparison, is far higher where it sits in comparison to things like M3s than the ISF is. And by mm. that I mean, you know, we found it to be an eight in all categories rather than a twelve in this one. It's category not a standout in any one area, but it's meh. solid
1: across the board. I do take that point. I it totally is. agree. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was
0: a lot of fun, and it was so surprising. Mm, mm. And I think that car has started me down the road of. Not discounting Lexus as a fun performance car, that is okay. now translated to the LC 500. Because yeah. I, I see that car and go, oh, I, I'm intrigued. That yeah, was actually it's, a lot it's of fun. Cool. It's really cool. The guy yeah. driving it was, you know, 70 million years old, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Still fun. Target audience accomplished. <laughs> Box saying. checked. Yes, yeah. you've had the Corvette, and so you graduated to the LC 500,
1: huh? Yeah. I, I see who you are. I want a Corvette, but I'm a CEO. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really... And yeah. I
0: judged him already. I, I admit that's, that. Uh, I hate to say I it. did, yeah. but whatever. All right. So my second car here for you is a 2012 Audi S4.
1: I wondered if you'd think S4 because I th- I, my brain went by that. that I went, S4, there. interesting. Okay, keep going, please. Found you
0: 2012 with 57,000 miles, so a little bit lower. Also the same price, just under $24,000. Okay. I think that could be really fun. The, the power of that car, yeah, really. I really enjoyed that car as well. And you might be able to find somewhat newer, but hey, 2011, 2012 fours, twenty to twenty four thousand dollars all day long. Yeah, Easy. Yeah. Really delightful. And then I just found a twenty fifteen Acura T L X eight thousand miles for twenty four grand. I thought mm, Okay, interesting. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I like your Mazda better, but I, again I don't know that those new Mazdas are gonna be twenty four, twenty five thousand dollars. Once
1: he starts throwing down Plus you're Honda Civic depreciation hit. Once you're ta- he throws down brand new Honda Civic type R, I think we got money to play with. Yeah, and he Once did he starts throwing to that the down. Because he, here's the thing the $20,000 $20, figure comes down. If he if he keeps both cars and buys something new, if he keeps the FRS and the Lexus and he buys something new, so my question is, you're not going to get much out of the Lexus, but once you got down here to keeping the FRS and getting a fun new daily, you throw out Lexus ISF, which has got to be at least twenty grand, and then right beside it, the Honda Civic Type R, which is supposed to be what thirty five, and people are selling them for fifty. Yeah. So there's some money here. <laughs> it's unclear exactly how much we grew when we went to that option. <laughs> so I'm just assuming that thirty grandish is available, and then at that point, I feel kind of confident in the Mazda six. But stepped in a rake who there, knows? Pete. Who knows what the actual cost is going to be and you're going to have to figure that out Pete, but I stand by that choice. That's a good one. It's a good one. I'm just saying, depreciation hit I on a new thing. For sure. For sure. Yeesh. Yeah, there good. will be. All right. So but if used you keep it long enough then it becomes a non-issue. Yeah, true. I, I think is, those are going to This sell. is not the typical car for Pete where buy it and we're going to sell it in 6 months and buy it again a year from now. That's that <laughs> <not, not laughs> so we are do it, Pete. Is that what we're doing? Do you tell the people buying your car, you look them
0: in the eyes I'm going to buy this back from you? Well, but I'm going to You gonna, know what? I'm going to call it, you in 6 months. In
1: Pete's defense. In Pete's defense, <laughs> when I sold my FRS, I said to the new owner, I said, when you sell this, call me. You did? I did. I said, I, I am I not. I didn't know that. I am not in any way, shape, or form saying, I plan to buy this. Just, I don't know what your life experience right is going to be Right kind of first refusal? I don't know what your life, his life experience is going to be with the car. He may have it six months and be done. He, that would be by now. He may have it a year and be like, I'm finished. He may have it three years. And at that point, I might be looking for a beat down track car and I'll know the provenance of it. Interesting. So I just thought, you know what? When you sell this, just give me a call. I'd just be curious <laughs> to know. Congratulations on your new car. Um, I'll be calling you in eight months. Yeah, just so checking in. But, but that's the thing. That is not what we're buying for Pete. Pete clearly goes through cars like but that. This is the car. Thank you. But the Lexus <laughs> is a car that he's had for a long time. So for filling that hole in his garage, it may yeah. be around a while, so the depreciation might not matter in the long run.
0: Yeah. All right. Well,. Uh, yeah, and the NSX has got to come back into his life. I think so, too. Call the owner. Just check in on your baby. How, how is she?
1: How's she doing? Or just shop for, you know what? Let's not buy the same VIN number back. <laughs> let's just get a new one. But my point <laughs> is, there's, that there's is others. the one that got away. So let's chase that car down. They for made sure. more.
0: All right. Well, Pete, thank you so much for writing in. Hope this is helpful to you. And if you've got your own debate or just want to say, hey, catch up, hey, guys, we read it all. We apologize we do, that we cannot sure. always get to everybody's debates. And if you have $25,000 to spend and you're looking at a Subaru WRX, Guess what we're going to tell you to do.
1: <laughs> I'd like four doors, and it needs to be good in the winter, and uh, I'd like it to be a little bit fun, and I have about $25,000. Should I get a WRX? And blue yes. with gold wheels. Yes. Done. Thanks uh-huh. for writing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we say, that. Driver. we say that. We get far fewer of that than we did. The first the first do. six months of the podcast, I, I promise you, <laughs> if you're listening, the first six months of this podcast, I guarantee you half the emails we got, we could have answered with WRX, which is why we make that joke. Pretty much. Since then, you guys, thank you, have broadened so much. Much. And the, and we get some emails where we're just we'll, we'll read one and look at each other, and be like, "Where do we go here?" Because it's so unexpected. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So thank you guys. Even if you're not sending one that is way out in the weeds, we just we do read all of them. We appreciate them. Thank you for sending them in. This podcast is also personally responsible for the increase in value of Volkswagen Phaetons.
0: At some point, everybody wanted a Phaeton, but that too passed. Well, I'm curious to know what yeah. the next car will be.
1: I, I still, I still, <laughs> there's a part of me that wants to be a glutton for punishment and have one of those cars. <laughs> But I think, but I just think save the thing, your money for this seven hundred dollars
0: per corner air suspension The thing about it, though,
1: I have to be in a financial place where, if if it needs a ten thousand dollar transmission, I just go. You know what, cube it. <laughs> Just, just make it a cube. Can I have the engine for a coffee table piece? Otherwise, you could just Viking burial the thing. I need to be at that place in life. Which, granted, when they're costing four or five grand, that's not too much to ask. But it's still real money. Part it out and
0: that's stocking stuffer gifts for all your friends. Like,
1: I got a piston. You get a lug nut. You get a lug nut. I could do this for days.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that is everydaydrivertv at gmail or on the website everydaydriver. You can write to us there, and uh, we'd love to hear from you, guys. We'll take a short break and be right back.
1: Hello guys, it's MMA fighter Chael Sonnen. Check out my podcast, You're Welcome, with Chael Sonnen every Wednesday and Friday right here at Podcast One. We cover the latest in mixed martial arts and everything else going on in the world of sport. Listen free to You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts at PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave us a rating and review.
0: Everybody's got a to-do list. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list.
1: And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you do is go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% on your car insurance or maybe even more. Got extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding thing you do today.
0: I just got a scratch
1: on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico insurance agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. We're back with Johnny from Maryland writing in, and uh, he is a little bit obsessed with Sobs. Just a tiny bit. Three yeah. out of the four cars that he's owned in his life have been Sobs. Mm-hmm. He's 21, and he's owned four cars, three of them Sobs, which means you are clearly obsessed. And is, is it the key down in the center console that you like? Is that what it is? Or what is it about Saab's that's, that's striking you? You know, honestly, I used to meet Saab owners when I had the Subaru. I'm going to stop real quick. When I say Subaru, I am not mispronouncing Subaru. For those of you that have just joined us, the Saab 92X was a Subaru in Saab clothing, and the joke was, it was called the Sabaru. When I had the Sabaru, and I actually enjoyed it, not a real sob either. I don't no. consider it a real sob because it said "food heavy industries" under the hood too, which made me laugh. Pe- yeah. People that that were really into sobs kind of looked at me weird. They're like, "Oh, you have a sob? I have a nine X. Oh, yeah, you're oh right, you're faking it, aren't you? You know." And then to see me get into a sob and actually turn the key on the actual like steering column was weird. What are you doing? <laughs> you know. So I, it, they, but here's the thing. They are those cars that get under people's skin. Clearly, I mean it's happened to Johnny. Yeah. And once you start liking them, you keep buying a string of them.
0: The first car that Johnny owned was a 1996 Mitsubishi Eclipse GST 5-speed.
1: Cool car.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that car. Second was an 01 Saab 95 Linear 5-speed. Mm-hmm. Then we moved on to a 99 93 Viggen 3-door 5-speed. And now currently drives a 2000 Saab 93 Viggen
1: five-door, five-speed, turbocharged. That's a, that is a very cool car, actually. That's a actually. rare car. Johnny, I, I have to stop for a second and just say, you like Saabs or not, that's just a cool car. Yeah,
0: it is. He's got a short commute to and from work, about three miles each way. But then he drives to see his girlfriend, to his family. So he puts about 250 miles per week, which is still under the average, honestly. 1,000 miles a week. Yeah, well, maybe a little bit high. About well, th- 1,000
1: miles a month. if 1,000 yeah, miles it's, a month. I
0: mean, yeah, you're still. Yeah,
1: that's that's pretty much in the middle of average. But he is saying it's not like it's a garage queen. It's getting some good miles either way, even in spite of the fact he doesn't commute far.
0: Yeah, so he's open to cars in the range of ten to $22,000. Wants the four-door thing, either a decent-sized sedan or hatch. Mm-hmm. Obviously likes the manual thing, so he'd like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wouldn't want anything over 80,000 miles on it. So he's got a few ideas. He's been looking at the Bugle, Buick Regal GS from back in the day. That review from us was a while back. Yeah, it was a few years ago, yeah. But cool car. Very, I wish very Buick cool. had kind of molded themselves more in that direction in very the cool. turbocharged yeah. sport thing. They kind of are, but they've just dabbled with it and haven't followed through. That's
1: the car that you don't know how good it is. Honestly, it's, it's much better than you think, and we were very surprised by it. And that leads me to something I have to say here, Johnny. I know a guy here in Salt Lake— that owned a string of Saab nine fives, like he owned like five or six. No kidding. And then when they stopped making them, he actually didn't buy the last one. That was like the the, the last breath nine five. That was actually a very cool looking car. Right before oh GM right sc- right right. It. He didn't buy that That's one. He a cool had the one. Pri- it was a very cool car. He actually uh, had the one prior. When he finally got rid of that car, he, again he had like five or six Saabs in a row, all nine fives. He bought the BMW five series GT. The weird-looking hatch. Ah, he bought one of those. And what struck me at the time, and it strikes me with Johnny, too, who's looking at the Buick Regal GS, and this is, this is not a slap at all, but something about guys that have owned Sobs, they look for the car that's unexpected. Yeah, I, I could definitely see this. And, and I, I love that this. you're thinking Buick Regal GS. It's a very cool car, but it, it to me, plays in that same, that's unexpected, role that the Sobs do. Mm-hmm. Which may, might make it perfect. It's actually very
0: fun. Johnny's been looking at WRXs and later gener- generation STIs, but yeah, we can leave those aside for now because we've got some suggestions for you. He said he's also looked at the Chevy SS Fair?
1: I mm-hmm. think it's, the, it's a little bit out of his budget, though, unfortunately. I was going
0: to say, newer ones are still a little just out, but I'm looking at uh, a few things here for you, Johnny. <clears throat> I started with a Mitsubishi Evo 10 MR. Okay. And the reason I suggested MR, because it's not the five speed, obviously. Sure. It's not the sure, no sure. manual transmission, yep. is because it is the better car and I could see from your early Mitsubishi days you could really like that car. Yeah. It's the better yeah. car. I bet you could get one for right at the high end of twenty uh, maybe. 22, maybe. 21. You
1: could, you could pull 19? off a GSR with the 5-speed at that money for sure, right around 20. The, the MR, maybe, maybe not. It's going to depend on the MR. But, yeah, that is the one with the nice uh, – here's the biggest reason you're going to like that car. More sound deadening and a sixth speed for highway driving. And that's the
0: reason I – didn't recommend the GSR because I hate yeah, it yeah. in fifth gear at highway speeds, which is what he's going to be doing. Mm. And I do not wish that upon anybody. If you have <laughs> one, I'm sorry, but I can't stand it. You'd probably agree with me. It's not fun. I,
1: I actually, because I'm that guy, I don't mind it that much, except for the last time we had one as a press car, I wound up for a stretch on the freeway. I don't remember why this was the case. <laughs> Sitting in the back seat going, you're kidding me. This is even louder than I remembered. Oh, I, the yeah, front seat's loud, the back seat torture. is just, wow, okay, loud. It's just loud in there. And I'm a guy that drives a Lotus now, and of course I put up with that, but anyway. <laughs>
0: That's going to say, you don't have any leg to stand on. No, no, <laughs> like, no, no. Oh, you're the Lotus guy, huh? Yeah, Lotus so, guys.
1: Lotus guys shop for earplugs. It's just an accessory that we carry. Yeah, are they Lotus branded? They aren't. But Lotus could make are a they killing. Made of England? Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. Anyway, I would love
0: that. The jokes write themselves. All right. So I started there and thought, all right, that'd be cool. But again, he's twenty-one, mm-hmm. so insurance is very much coming into play here.
1: Might be brutal. Might be. Yeah.
0: But you know, I threw that out because of my suggestions, of course. I thought this is a guy who is probably open to maybe doing a a bit of light maintenance himself and owning possibly an older car. If you're into the older Sobs and you've been driving those and that's Mm. what you've been steeped Mm. in, my guess is you'd probably be open to something that is not as new as Todd and I usually recommend. Mm. So I started, well, I've started with the Mitsubishi, but then I went on to the 1998 BMW M3. So the E36 M3. Ooh. You could find a
1: really you nice a one, gorgeous for gorgeous one for this grand. budget. Yeah, 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 really nice. one for I mean, this
0: we're yeah. talking 80,000 miles, mm-hmm. maybe twelve to fifteen grand, which is well within your budget. Mm. Leftover
1: money for tires, fuel, maintenance, mm. on and on. Now, that's good. That's it's an really older good. car. It is for sure, but it's but it's not any older than the things he's had. He drives a two thousand right. Saab right now. Yeah,
0: right. That's why I was thinking that. So that pushed me on up to an '04 E46 M3.
1: Yeah, and I
0: found one, Johnny, a manual transmission with right at eighty thousand miles for eighteen four. Ooh, and it's gorgeous. What color? It's like a deep navy, deep ink. Ooh, okay, all right, ink sure. blue, sure, almost sure. black. I, I actually like that color on that just, car quite a bit. I yeah. guess dark I know what you mean. ink. Yeah. With the competition wheels. Well, that sells it to me right there. And I'm thinking, where do these cars that we've loved, where do they go? You know, not mm. to die, mm. but in owners' hands that either they continue to drive them and maintain them well and they're great, or they just, mm. you know what, don't buy that car because it's been, you know, used so hard. You wouldn't mm. want to put okay. the money to restore right. it. Where do these cars go? They exist now and they're low price, and here's one for eighteen four. Okay. Bet you they'd take eighteen and suddenly you have an E46 M3 manual. Yeah. Only 80,000 miles.
1: I, I yeah, I'm, push I'm, your money aside in case it needs something, but that'd be that'd honestly, be such I'm a hard, hard pressed to come be with be something such a better. And
0: I, I go backwards because I think he'd be open to that. Mm. The problem okay. is okay. insurance. And I thought if that's the sticking point, maybe an 05 BMW 330 CI with a performance mm. pack, the ZHP performance oh, pack. Oh, yeah.
1: The ZHP is another unique car. That fills very that much for so. sure. I like that. That's good. Yeah.
0: And those are also within the price range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooper four-door. You can get that, you know, something like that, and that okay. might take the sting out of the insurance. Yeah. Okay. But I love the E46 M3, again, because where do these cars go? Who, sure, who ends up sure, owning sure. Yeah, if that yeah. could be your... You know, your entree into, mm. you know, real performance cars, mm. and you're mm. only 21? Holy cow. That's How a good cool day there. That? I see that. That's really good. I That's had an really Accord good. when I was 21.
1: <laughs> and it was fine. Don't get me wrong. That's but all my no, parents could afford. Yeah, it was an Accord, but it wasn't an E46 M3. I no. take your point. Yeah, it was it a was great Accord. And of course, you kept it spotless. But, uh, it was yeah, pretty nice. That. It, was, it, was, yeah. it was the cleanest Accord of that era anyone has ever seen, <laughs> uh, inexplicably. But those, yeah, uh, wasn't it, wasn't it uh, six-speed? Uh yeah, 6-speed was, yeah. was that green. Yeah, I remember I remember the valve. color, but I but I I could have sworn it was a manual. That was a cool car, I yeah. have to say. I drove I've it a few times. It was that great out. Yeah, you did. I had yeah, like
0: 190, almost 200 but on it. But
1: you'd that. never know it to look at it because it was you and it was Griot's products. I mean, that's the truth of it. This yeah, is that's this true. is when this is when you told me about Griot's products. It was I mean, the Audi the, by the time you had your Audi the Griot's thing was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I knew that the car was gorgeous because you had Griot's products. But yeah. the, but, and, yeah. and honestly, I'm not doing this as an ad. I'm just glad <laughs> to be able to tell this story because this is a true story. And thank God we can talk about it because they're a sponsor. Yeah, agreed. I remember I had the world's most beat-down Chevy Caprice that I moved to Los Angeles in Oh, yes. That yeah, ran exactly. and technically had paint. That, that's, really, that's really as good as that car was. Is that was.
0: why you don't like silver? Because of that car?
1: It didn't help, but none of the none of the caprices, was, none of the line of caprices my dad had were a decent color. They had the Dyna
0: wood trim. We didn't have fake. the wood
1: trim, but we did have a two tone brown. Oh. just, just <laughs> to really trim. sell it. No, no, no. It classes it, was, it up. Big it time. was just two tone brown. It was really <laughs> fantastic. He did own one later that one. These are all of the late eighties, early nineties when the cop car caprice. What we're talking yeah. about. He did own one that was the Brougham. Which means it had the tacky finally oh. top thing anyway but it, but it was Splints actually a nice sunlight. blue and i and I do love blue cars in general but but it was still a caprice. Let's move on, but my point <laughs> is, I had this ratty caprice, and you had this Honda that was that I think at that point was, you know, it was already very old with tons of miles. Yeah, yeah. And it looked amazing. And I was like, what are you doing to this car? And you were like, oh, I just use this stuff. And we were living in apartments that had no money. And you were like, yeah. I saw this at Pebble Beach. I use it. It's awesome. I was like, well, that's an endorsement because look at how this car looks. Yeah. That was the beginning of the end of me not having cars that look as nice as yours. <laughs> anyway, okay, so I've got a couple of recommendations here for Johnny. And where I went with it is I thought we need cars that are either unexpected or have personality. Good, I like love this. the Regal GS. I actually really like that, that for you. That clicked for me. As soon as I saw that, I was like, that is a car that I think makes a lot of sense for you. So that's okay. really cool. I will say, because I brought it up, have you driven a Sabaru? Interesting. Can we merge the worlds? Now, 10 well, grand is going to get you the nicest one on the planet. But will
0: it, because it's not a real Saab, will that I don't be a know. strike against it I for him?
1: I don't. I genuinely don't know. Just genuinely asking. Don't know. But I think because he's brought up what about a Subaru WRX? What about a last-gen STI? There's a part of me that goes, find the nicest aero out there, an 06 for 15 grand, a Sa- uh, Saab 92X aero. Drive it. See what you think. That might sure. – I have to at least put it out there because it's an oddball car that nobody knows what it is. I think it might work. Where do you get them serviced? Where do you get parts? Subaru. Well, every time I went in to get that car, I, I either went to the Subaru well, you think dealer. You say for
0: Subaru. I'm just saying for the last generations of the Subaru.
1: Oh, of real the, Of the, so, oh, the actual Saabs. I have, no. It's a great question. It's a great question. But for know. the Subaru. Yeah, for the Subaru. For the Subaru, I just went into the local. Uh, yeah, right. Subaru dealer and just went. I have an O five WRX. Right, it looks right. like that, but but trust me, that's what it is. <laughs> Open the hood, you'll get it. Anyway, so there's that. Um, but then I thought of two cars that I think are they're all about their personality okay. and they work here. Okay. Get something out of the mini lineup. Mini is all about personality. True, and you either like them or you don't. I kind of feel like too. I kind of feel like they, they kind of cover that sob world too. The Italian job was on TV last night. The remake with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, the remake. Yeah, I yeah. I still like that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's still okay. cool. Yeah, it's a rolling mini ad. But it the is. first one was too. First one was less less strategic. But the it second just, one was very good. much a mini ad. But just yeah, looked good. But but mini, look, you can go crazy with you know everything's covered in the Union Jack, and you can go madness or checkered flags or whatever. But my yeah. point is. They are – I keep thinking about it when I drive mine. They, 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 they practically threw up circles all over the inside. They just went nuts with circles, okay? <laughs> Somebody just had a personality and quirky, and they chased that, and it works. Yeah. So go drive the Mini lineup. I think you could find something there that would be really fun to drive that would do everything you need to do. And then also I have to say this. Fiat 500 Bart interesting
0: hatchback
1: interesting four seats that are usable it is only two doors but four seats that are usable hatchback good gas mileage because it's a tiny little turbo tons of personality you can get them for cheap go get yourself They're well a hard budget go get yourself a hard top fiat 500 a bart and enjoy the fact you have a car that is unexpected quirky and fun solved hmm pretty good digging it
0: really like that I actually just, I had to go look Johnny wants something oddball it is unexpected, very, yeah. So the, let's go get the that car. The Bart is very unexpected. You don't see him. I don't see him very much anymore. Oh, no. and I thought, all right, well, and they're they're just they really enjoyed it. They are overflowing
1: with personality.
0: And it's one of those cars where you think you have to make an excuse for or an apology for when people think, wait, you drive that, and then you, you know, you tell them to jump in
1: with you or let them drive it. Yeah, and they'll they'll be transformed. I yes, like that. that was my exhaust, honey. That is how my car sounds. You are welcome. <laughs>
0: nice. All right, Johnny. Hope that works for you. Uh, yeah, like I said, if you got your own debate, write to us. But we'll jump to audience questions here on, yeah. uh, on social media here. And uh, there are some great ones. Actually, our friend Dammit Patton on Instagram is going to be going to an exotic driving event while he's in mm. Vegas. And mm-hmm. he said okay. he's got his selection down to a low, medium, high choice. Okay, New Acura NSX. Yeah. Ferrari 488 GTB or the Lamborghini Huracan Performante. This is which of those?
1: Kind of which one does he think he should jump into? The Ferrari. I think so. I because because they have such a history and they have such a perception to be able to walk away and saying I've driven this car. Do and and, and to ask you know, yourself, do I get it or not?
0: Interesting. That's why I say that. I'm going, you know, one of the two Italian cars, I'm actually leaning towards the Lambo because mm. of the arrow, because of the the different nature of that car. Oh, it is, it is I not see that. your standard Huracan. Uh, yeah, I see that. I see. Like that. they're, you know, the landscape is littered with Huracans as it is.
1: <laughs> they're everywhere. They're disposable. Oh, you yeah. 2
0: I've got two, whatever. Yeah. But this car is really intriguing to me because of the it natural is. aspiration. Sure. That's yeah, why. yeah, 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 yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards that. So
1: okay. clearly you're going to have to make your own choice, but it's Italian either way. Well, and, and look, the new NSX is fascinating, but I think the, the new NSX is a is a technology statement, and we look forward to putting it on camera. It's a technology statement. Whereas It is. The, and, and also, let's be honest, it is the odd car that Acura Honda makes, whereas the Ferrari 488 is the current distillation of what they've made forever. Sure, and so sure get in, that. drive that car, and go. Do you get it? Do you understand it now, or do you go really? Are you a fan of Ferrari or not? Well, but but because I think mm-hmm. aren't all car guys supposed to be fans of Ferrari? But yet the reason we're fans of Ferrari is because we can buy the T-shirt, not the car. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of feel like go get
0: Bedsheets, some shot glasses, teddy bears,
1: yeah, child handbags, seats. golf clubs. Tiny shoes, yeah, all of yeah. the above. But my point is, go drive that, and then you're able to walk away and actually speak on it and be like, I liked it or didn't, and here's why.
0: My dislove, dislike of Ferrari could be getting in the way of my possibly. recommendation. Yeah, possibly. But I still come to natural aspiration V10. I do see. Hey, that there's an argument there. There's wind a big it out argument. to yeah. nine
1: grand, and there's an argument there high. for sure. I see that.
0: Okay, all right. So, um, <laughs> still, it's
1: we haven't helped pages. at all. Yeah. We haven't solved a thing. Thanks for being with us. You're not welcome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All I have right. not helped at all. What else stuck out uh, to you? Nick Alon actually asked a question we touched on briefly last week, but I want to touch on it here again. He said, "Do we have dates and costs for this year's pilgrimage? Mm. Cost is TBD. I will be honest with you; it's going to be in the range of last year, which is nine ish grand. Nine-ish. Careful; it may go up because of the, yes. the additions that we're yes. doing. So, so I'm not gonna, I don't want to put a stake we, we, in the ground. They, we absolutely yeah. cannot tell you what it costs yet, but that's what it, around what it cost last year. It'll be around the same area this year." But that is TBD because we're adding these museum tours and that kind of thing. The dates are over the first weekend of August. So that is the 3rd through the 6th of August. That is a new thing for us. We've been in September the last two years. It will be August this year. But this is the same deal, though. This is all-inclusive. Once you arrive in Frankfurt, until you leave Frankfurt again, we have you covered. So we're talking Mm -hmm. all of your transport, cars, fuel, instructors, by the way, Access to both of these tracks, Spa and the Ring, on track days, not on crazy tourist days. Tons of instruction. You won't believe how cool the, uh, the RSR track day is at Spa. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. We've been on Spa when it wasn't an RSR track day, and it was fun. It, don't get me wrong. Unbelievable. Then we went with RSR and went, this is better. So it's really cool. Awesome <laughs> meals and conversations. So uh, it, it isn't cheap but if you went by yourself by the way it would be blindingly expensive so yeah. please come with us yeah so without actually announcing it we've sort of announced it it's like a soft open it it is like a soft well because we know the date we just haven't got yeah. all of the pieces correct for sign up i will say this one last thing when sign up opens this year it will have we haven't done this before either but it's just helping from planning perspective free for We're all just, throw sharp elbows and
0: Shove the grandmother away. Sure, whatever. There will be the... a
1: start of registration, oh. but there will also be an end date. Where if you haven't registered by here, the trip is now closed, and that's just allowing for us to plan. It'll be about a two, three month window, so you'll have plenty of time. But, <laughs> but in years prior, we've just kind of been like, we had one guy first up year that there, signed yeah. up about three weeks before we left. That will not be happening anymore. It's just yeah. too hard to plan for.
0: Yep, agreed. All right. So Edmund on Facebook is asking about rev limiters. Mm. He said, "Is it safe to hit the rev limiter with modern cars?" And consider a racing situation where you might be mid corner. Corner, not wanting to shift does it do damage to the engine mm. well the rev limiter is in place to not do damage to the engine theoretically yes it's a fuel cutoff these yeah. days is what it is i i would say it's okay to occasionally go right up to the red line and you don't want to hit the rev limiter because it upsets the car and it cuts the power essentially yeah. so it's not yeah, going to yeah. be a smooth transmission when you're shifting uh, smooth uh transition not yeah, transmission I knew what you meant. yeah but you know when you're you know gathering speed it upsets the entire balance of the car so yeah you can bounce off the red line that's fine it's just sh- saying to you don't hang out here but yeah
1: that's the thing that I would say
0: about it for get sure get the max power out of the engine it's yeah. designed to do that yeah. but the rev limiter is past that where it's okay for safety and so you you know keep your investment we're going <laughs> to shut it off so I wouldn't say it's healthy for the car. The internals don't like that. And they actually calculate this is kind of where it's at after that.
1: Could be damaging, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you for might sure. have
0: metal bits being
1: mm-hmm. spit out of the tailpipe. So mm-hmm. you're probably not going to like that. So, Piston comes through the hood and looks at you angrily, trying to ask what the heck you think you're doing. Yeah. There's that moment. What on earth? Well, But, but I, I want to speak on that really quickly, and I'm surprised you didn't go here. Porsche owners, with relation to this. Okay. When you see Porsches for sale, specifically in places where Porsche owners are buying yeah. There's a question about overrevs because you can hook it up to the computer and any Porsche. When I first took my I'm wife's Cayenne, yeah, I first took my wife's Cayenne yeah. in. He told me that they had an overrev, and I, and I looked at him. He's a he's a friend. Bob's a friend. He's a yeah. great mechanic. Yeah. He's an awesome guy, and he's so thorough. It's amazing. But he said to me, he said, "Yeah, it looks like you had one overrev," and I was like, Bob. It's a V6-based Cayenne. <laughs> I don't care. I don't yeah. care. But guys shopping, especially for specific 911s, will be very concerned about the over-revs. And the over-revs are essentially, where did you pass rev line, red, red line and get close to fuel cutoff, or did you hit fuel cutoff? And if you see more than one or two, those cars start to go down in value. I find it a little bit nuts, but it is a thing. There's a whole segment, not across the board, but there's a whole segment of Porsche buyers where that is a deal killer. Or that is a massive discount bringer, if you will, which I find fascinating. Back to the question, like you said, it defends the engine. If you touch it now and then, okay. If you're hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it because you don't want to shift yet, this is not good news.
0: I mean, in the case of Porsche, if it's had one or two, you, why you care? Ignore. Wow, well, whatever. Somebody's yeah. driven the car, but there are like guys where that's
1: it that kills it. For them, which I find fascinating and ridiculous, but But yeah,
0: agreed. I mean, it's, it's an ignition cycle is what it refers to and protecting the engine and showing you, okay, did this, did this car get abused on a racetrack? Yeah. And it's going to be obvious. So in that sense, because Porsches more so than other cars are tended to be tracked. I can kind of yeah. see it and yeah. say, okay, and that information will say sign of abuse. Yeah. Has this been really beat on? And the the owner's okay. not quite being forthcoming with me and saying, yeah, I've tracked it once or twice. When no, actually, you've tracked the daylights out of the car, and <laughs> you know, then you then, haven't
1: been nice to it, and you want a lot of money. I take that right. I take so
0: that. I can I can see that reasoning, but on the other hand, a few is whatever. You've driven it hard, and it's healthy for the
1: engine. I mean, we've been at we've been at. Uh, manufacturer track days like the Motorpreskill track day. And I've heard guys on track where they just don't shift fast enough and you can hear it go bang bang bang, bang 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 where it hangs on the rev limiter mm-hmm. and they just haven't gotten there yet. That always makes my skin crawl. If you touch it, yeah, because you just hang you're on gonna, the rev you're, you're gonna get there for a split second and now it's downshift time. This kind of stuff isn't that big a deal. Hanging out there is problematic.
0: For OEM cars. I mean you'll see drift cars doing it that have custom sure. built engines and they're, they're and an extra
1: spare in the, the garage yeah yeah
0: their internals are fortified and forged everything and okay they're they're designed to take the abuse yeah fine yeah, yeah. but that's not most cars so yeah. i would say why do you need
1: to <laughs> all right what else uh did you see i actually made a list on this it almost felt like a monster but then i started thinking about it and i found up a list pretty quick a mcfarlane on instagram Do you see this one uh, I'm looking. You get to build a five-car fleet to rent out on Turo. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. What does your fleet look like? Really? You built a list. I love this question. Bring it. Because I thought, all right, it needs to be things where, because I think about the way I look on Turo, and I think of where a lot of people look on Turo. You want to get something. You're going somewhere cool, and you want to get something that you either wouldn't have ever thought of renting. I, I didn't, I've i never driven one of those. Let's get one of those. Or it's perfect for the occasion. It's one. I feel like sure, when you're renting sure. from Turo, it's one of those two things.
0: I mean, caveat depends on the city you're touring from. Sure, might not have the list of stuff. But no, no, no. Beyond true. that, but caution if, to the wind. But If you're
1: going and playing tourist in, in a town that is is friendly, it's probably places like L. A. and it's Vegas. Probably and, the coasts. You know those kind really. of things. And and you're you're trying to get something other than a bland rental car. So I feel like it falls in those categories of, can you believe we can drive one of these? Or that's perfect for this special. I wonder whatever. what Miami has. Madness I in general, and also applied to Turo. So here's yeah. my here's my here's my five a Model S, either a 90 or a 100D. OK, just so you can drain the battery and... No, because I think I think this is a <laughs> great way... Your friends. <laughs> it's a great way for people to try the Model S. It's a great way yeah. for people to try Teslas and because of the range at over 200 miles and the supercharger network if you're just going to have I think people are going to be intrigued to rent them But by, by, by the way what you have to do is you have to bring the price down a lot of people put their Tesla on there and it's the most expensive thing on Turo oh,
0: yeah that's true
1: so I have a Tesla if you want to spend a lot of money the whole point would be have a f- fleet of five and get that thing rented bring yeah. it down enough so it starts renting yeah. so there's that but the supercharger fleet in most cities allows it to be something where you're not going to get the renter calling you stuck because how do I charge this true that's possible true and it's it's intriguing enough i think people would like it so there's that that a 911 either s or gts with pdk wow yeah if it's on there i rented one in in vegas with my wife that's once. true that's true i'm not going you know crazy gt3s i'm not doing that gts s, maybe gts but yeah. one of those because it is the 911 experience you're on vacation i've never driven a 911 Let's try this out in PDK so everybody can drive it. And then you can commute in it. You can rent it in LA and get stuck in traffic and you don't care. I think that car rents like crazy. Yeah. Plus, I've rented one. So that's the other reason I thought of it. A Miata RF in manual. Yeah, good. You get the convertible. You get the Miata experience. You rent it on the coast. It's manual for the guy that actually wants to drive a manual. All of the above on that. Similar reasons, but a different renter. Corvette C7
0: manual. Okay. Good. top good. You can, take the top good. Off. You've you can have really the Corvette experience. This list. I'm thinking
1: about it. Well done. And then you need something that is the sleeper four door with some some style. The BMW M3.
0: Good. There's my five. Depending on what year is available and just any M3 kind of. No, I think I, think,
1: I think I would go current current F-80, M3. Yeah. M3.
0: Yeah. I think I would go current M3. Well done. Four door. Just you nice know. range in the in the choices
1: there too. That's what I was thinking. I nice was just power thinking range, about nice know, dynamic range. Thinking about stuff that. I think a, a wide variety of people would go, we could rent that. That was mm. really my, my, my headspace of the whole thing, was just a car you come across in Ontario and go, I could rent one of those. Right. And yet you could still like go out and drive it and you didn't you rent something. Like I don't think a Z06 is a good answer, but a C7 is a great one. I think a Z06 is you're waiting for the phone call to the person to call you that I have this wrapped around this tree on this corner, come get your car. Yeah. But the C7 is plenty powerful enough. And how many people are coming to the coast for vacation and they don't, you know, they have a minivan at home, but they're taking a vacation with just their spouse. We could rent a Corvette. We could put all our luggage Mm. in a Corvette. Awesome. Done. Hmm. I like it. I'm going to leave it there. That was a well curated list.
0: Very well done. I want to answer Soto's question on Facebook about trucks. Mm. I want to touch on this. He's writing to us saying, I love your shows and I ask this question with much respect. Thank you, Sodas. We really appreciate it. He said, We talk about SUVs all the time, but not trucks.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: He says, Personally, I love a single cab rear wheel drive truck more than any crossover wagon. He said, I get it that they're not the driver's cars that we yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. And our show is not about off roading, if you've caught on, yes. But he's talking For about <laughs> those of you who've just joined us, not about off roading. Welcome. There's a handful of pickups, he's saying, like the SVT Lightning or the Ram SRT10 that he'd love to hear our thoughts about. And you're right, Sotos, the show, the genesis of the show never sprang from it's all cars. I mean, Todd and I had to figure out what the show was going to be and what the show was not going to be about. Yeah,
1: true. And be flexible at the same time, yeah.
0: And even though there is a small part of us, I don't know what percentage of me that likes kind of crazy big pickup trucks and you
1: know, Todd will readily admit to his Ford Raptor love. Inexplicable need for a Ford Raptor. No yeah. need at all. I drive a Mini to the ski ski hill, <laughs> and yet for some reason go, but a Raptor. <laughs> I, I fit in a space the ski mountain today that nobody else could pull off. The parking guy was like, "We don't have any spaces," and I said, "I saw one that I'll go in." He looked at my car and he went, "All right, yeah, go ahead." <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm in a
0: Mini, get out of my way. No, there there is a, a part of us that loves the trucks and for what they yeah. can do yeah. and the promise of. Off roading and camping and the Mm -hmm. adventure part of it. That that is a big part of me. Yeah. Not big, I would say, but twelve percent, depending on the day at SEMA, it goes up.
1: When we were at SEMA it goes up. Would we were at I'm SEMA, I, easily. I, I, I was up to my fill of stuff you can get for off-road trucks. In about 10 minutes, we were on that floor for the better part of an hour. And we'd walk over to the next booth, and Paul would be like, but look here with, that. I said, with the same stuff they had in the last <laughs> booth. He'd be like, no, because on this one, it's got— It was we shocking did that for a all the six-wheel
0: Jeep Wranglers, though. Yes, I mean,
1: yes. Come on. Because if four wheels are good, six is better. <laughs> hey. Honestly. More yeah.
0: is better. But generally speaking, we love the small, the nimble, the lightweight,
1: yeah. enthusiast
0: stuff. Yeah. The reason, Sotos, is because the testing and dynamics of pickup trucks are in an entirely different category. And you have to have benchmarks every time. It's the towing and the hauling. And the there's never the, I'm driving this just because I like it. It stirs me and I'm passionate about the way this feels through a corner. Mm. Most pickup trucks can kind of do the same thing. You're right. They can haul stuff. They can... The, the uses are so much different away from cars hmm. that we had to decide, do we want to go into tow testing and hauling and get into the nuances of, well, mine is a solid rear axle and it's a 2500 and I can tow 21,000 pounds. And I can pull your house
1: farther the, than you can pull your house.
0: <laughs> the tongue weight is, you know, yeah. on and on yeah. and on. It yeah. was It leaned far more heavily into specs than emotion. Interesting, And Interesting. that's, I think, what gravitated us towards that direction. I see how you, what you're, where you're going. Even though there yeah. is some emotion about it, inexplicable Ford Raptor love, inexplicable yeah. SEMA big well, lifted truck love, I th- that's emotion. Agreed. Yeah. But it's definitely more into the I love the car because it does this and tracking and, you know, canyon driving and just I want to be in this car kind of thing.
1: Well, You I, could I'm, apply that to trucks, but I I'm, I'm just that. saying there, there's... I'm trying to extract an answer that, here. That's good. I, I like some of the stuff you're unpacking there. I think personally one of the things for me about, about pickups is I, I would like to talk about pickups if we're talking about them for the reasons they're they're built for, which is essentially hauling stuff and going off-road. Right. But you and I, right. A, don't haul stuff, and B, don't really go off-road. So I don't feel like we are in an expert place to talk about that. Now, he's talking about the crazy bills, Let's put a big engine in, in a pickup. Right. And I kind of feel like you've now made a Frankenstein monster. You've got a great engine designed for a truck that isn't really about the hauling and the off-road anymore, but my gosh, it goes fast. I have the same fascination of that that I do about people that race semis. Not really sure what we're doing here. <laughs> I'm kind of fascinated, but I'm mostly horrified. It's that kind of thing. But
0: look at the exhaust on that Yeah, thing.
1: exactly. <laughs> we're polluting whole counties with one drag pole. That's kind of impressive. I mean, you have these kind of things. Yeah. But, so I think pickups are in this weird category where I, I've i been in a lot. I'm amazed at how luxurious the typical pickup is now. It competes with anything. I'm amazed at the price. And the fact that if you want to plug something in, all of your devices can be plugged into your pickup simultaneously. <laughs> all, the, all the devices you own. Everything you own. The, the center consoles yeah. of the typical full-size pickups right now. The number of USB ports. And, and you still got other ports. You haven't even gotten to the actual plugs yet. You just filled everything with... you Anyway. So there's this stuff. It's impressive. But I feel like Trucks need to be used for what they were designed for, and most people that buy them, I grew up in Texas, don't do that. I, I, and I don't feel like you and I are the people, I'm just speaking personally, to to break that down in the way they should have been built or, or, or the way they should be used, I should say.
0: Sure. And, you know, in you're touching on the performance trucks. I honestly think Dodge is going to look at trucks as the next vehicle to drop that Hellcat motor in. I don't think that's going to go quietly into the night.
1: Oh, they're going to Hellcat everything.
0: I think so, too. If the Dart
1: were still around, there'd be a Hellcat Dart. What would that be? The Hell Dart? Uh,
0: Yeah, something like that. But you know what I'm saying? The next Power Wagon is, well, the selling point is... Talk about Power Wagon. We put the Hellcat motor in it. So they're going to look at pickup trucks. They'll sell like crazy. Who cares about the mileage? On and on and on. But you know, Todd and I think about the SVT Lightning as your example. Wow, that's fast. You know how you make it go faster? It would actually be lower and sleeker and it would actually look kind of like a small sports car. <laughs> it would be. You know how you make that 1500 pounds lighter? You would yeah. take all the weight out. It. it wouldn't be a fully boxed chassis. It'd be a unibody and it'd be a mid-engine. <laughs> oh wait, not a truck
1: anymore. So oops, yeah. Oops. yeah I hear you. That's
0: how we would look at it. And again, back to your point for construction and you know all that kind of stuff that they're great at. Yeah. I think it's not that it's not useful or good. It's just sort of like we're going all right, well We'd rather have cars to And and I And th- here's fast. the thing. I
1: think if you're shopping for those things, you know more about what you need than I do. Yeah. I, I genuinely feel that. I
0: mean, you and I have talked about pickup trucks actually mm-hmm. lately and incorporating some of that and acknowledging some of that because they are interesting. And modern pickup trucks are phenomenal. Yeah. And they're such great sellers, and, and we're talking about we're bouncing some ideas around. So it's not out the window. It's just that's kind of
1: where it came from, and at the start of the TV season, why we are going, going to have sure. the, a, a, an F-150 and oh, a no. Silverado beginning a, a a a tug of war. We're going to start it. We're going to see the wheel spinning, <laughs> and we're just going to come back every one of six episodes and just see the wheel spin. It's just eventually there'll be a winner. But Poke our head in the camera yeah, frame. Just going to it's cut away to this. Going. Come back later. Yeah. So, so the debate about the tow rope quality here is really the
0: meat <laughs> of the discussion. Wow, guys! Thank you so much for listening and uh, following along. We are, as we said, starting the uh, Velocity season three shooting. Yeah, it's crazy. It's Lots awesome, of stuff man. planned. Soft open for the pilgrimage trip. And uh, lots more coming your way. Keep writing questions and I love hearing from you. Till next time, guys. Cheers.
1: Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However... When an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because, yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life.
2: I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdowns. It's
1: pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and... I-